And all the saints said, Thank you, Thomases, <laughs> for sharing with us. Appreciate that. We are we're going on a uh, a two-part series because I said there's no way in the world I'm going to finish this morning because of being a communion Sunday and everything else. I will not overtax you. So I said, at least we'll go to the uh, passage of the scripture. We'll deal with that passage of the scripture. And uh, hopefully in the course of it, God will speak to your heart. Um, the scripture that we're looking at, um, bear with me. We're looking in um, Matthew. And then Matthew we're looking at the fifth chapter, Matthew 5. And as we look at uh, Matthew uh, 5, um, it's really, really from uh, it's Matthew 5, 1 through 12. We will not be able, that's why I said we will not be able to uh, do all of them this uh, Sunday. Only a, a few, because I want you to, to, when we're talking about the analogy of the blessed. The analogy of the what? <laughs> um, here folks talking about, I'm blessed and highly favored. Yeah, well, okay. Uh, you, you hear that statement, and so we want to uh, analyze who's really blessed. And so in Matthew 5, 1 through 12, um, we, uh, we look at, I kind of picked some verses out uh, just to start us off. Uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And then it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are those who are persecuted. Am I blessed when I'm persecuted? For righteousness' sake. Not because you open your mouth and... Uh, uh, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Let's bow in prayer. Father, as we uh, come this morning in these few moments that we do have together, as we look at your word, help us to see that in the world that we live in, we, uh, you expect us to be special people. And a lot of times, Lord, that's overlooked. But you said, blessed are, the, and we are those individuals who are called be in your family. I pray, Lord, that you be with us in our time together. May you be glorified in the things that said. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, amen. So uh, in our time together, uh, defining the term, being blessed is abiding in the center of God's purpose and favor that will always have, have an eternal purpose. Whenever God bless a saint, it always have an eternal purpose, and not just because we want to be blessed today and bless me with a car and bless me with this. and bless. Everything that you see the world trying to be blessed with, sooner or later it wears out and then looking for the next blessing. Um, they're always looking for the next horizon. And God is saying, no, 
That is not our thinking. And see, here's, here's, what's, here's where the problem is. God has, has, is trying to get us to be individuals who, have, um, who are eternal thinking uh, thinkers. We must think with eternity in mind and not be bogged down with situations. You see, God has your situations. Remember, my God should supply all your needs according to your riches and glory. He, he has your situations. He wants us not to lose sight of the fact that when it comes down to being blessed, that the blessing that he's talking about is far more than that. Amen? So in our introduction then, uh, question, do you consider yourself blessed? If so, does it sustain you in your darkest moment? The first one, do you consider yourself blessed? No. Um, it's, oh, yes, I'm, I'm blessed. Then my question is this. Does your blessing sustain you in your darkest moment? You see, it's nice when you're blessed and everybody patting you on the back. Says, oh, is that your home? Oh, you have some beautiful children. What if all of them are acting crazy? And what if your house burnt down and you have four flat tires and all that? Now, are you still blessed? You see what I'm saying? See, we have put, we have labeled being blessed is what I have in my hand, and that was what I have in my heart. And what Jesus is saying as he stepped on the, on the mountain, he said, no, no, this is God talking. He says, I'm, I'm telling you in kingdom living, I want you to do, a, a, I want to change your thinking as to what blessings are. Oh, it's great to have family, and it's great to have finances. It's great to have a future. It's great to call, call Dr. Mr. or whatever the case may be, and, and you have all the credentials. It's good to have that, but what if you don't have any of that? And what if you get all of that, and then you're taken to another country where they don't care what you have? What if you have all of that, and then ISIS get a hold of you and take you to some place? <laughs> that you locked up for the next 10 years. <laughs> then, what, then all that education and everything else, are you blessed? And if your blessing doesn't keep you in your darkest moment, it's time to back up and check out your blessings. It's on count your blessings one by one. Count your blessings and see what God has done. Don't start with what happened to you as a child. Start what God did at the cross. And think about the fact that he didn't choose you. Before the foundation of the world, you would mean, that would mean that you would be under the judgment of God throughout all eternity. Your blessing started when God said, I want you to be my child. Okay. Well, thinking it through. Those who understand the blessings of God keep their eyes on him, not their circumstances. Those who understand the blessings of God will always maintain a God-honoring attitude. Those who understand the blessings of God resist the temptation to act on their own, but keep him in the center of their thoughts and actions. Those who understand the blessings of God will inevitably impact individuals who have been placed in their lives. 
one thing that, that's interesting about people who are blessed, they don't suffer from ingrown eyeballs. Now, what I mean by that is that they don't go around showing all that they've been blessed with so that people will envy them. They are a source of blessing. They are the water faucet that when they get it and they pour it out to others. And they do it without people knowing about it. They, they are the secret blessers to other folks. <laughs> See? And that's why the thing that determines your righteousness is that when you are righteous in that sphere of, of being uh, walking with the Lord, then the, the things that you do, you become an extension of God's hand in other folks' lives. And folks will say, I'll never, you know what? I don't know what I would have done if you had not stepped into my life. And the reason that you're capable of being a blessing to them because you are blessed. And so, as we think about that then, um, I'll say thought then is this. Jesus clearly revealed the profile of the blessed recipients of the kingdom. He addressed their inward look. The first one is, is there what? So and we're not going to give six points. It'll be that one point and then just four, four little jiggies under that. So that one point is he addressed their inward look. And so when we look at the, uh, the, the uh, Beatitudes or the beautiful attitudes that the Lord says, here's what I'm saying to the crowd that's listening to him very closely. Here's what I'm saying to you. And he starts off. Let's read it together. And seeing the multitudes, he went up on the mountain and when he was seated, his disciples came to him. And then he opened his mouth and taught them, saying. And now notice the four snapshots given of the kingdom living. There is, there is a cause and effect behind each verse. Each verse has a cause and effect. Now I want you to watch what happens. Every time there's a cause, there is an effect. Okay? Look, look for the cause and effect. Here we go. The, the first one is, blessed are the what? For theirs is the, in other words, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the what? Well, then, what is a person that has poor spirit? What's a, what's a poor spirit in the person? So God says, you are blessed when you have a poor spirit. Well, boy, that, that whole idea of being poor, nobody wants to be poor. Or the word poor, you know? But the Lord says, no, 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 you are blessed when you are poor in spirit in my kingdom. See, this is the profile of the inner man. The poverty is not described by a person's physical circumstances, but the status of his or her heart in the eyes of God. What God does not want is you telling him how good you are. That's what the Pharisee was saying, Lord. <laughs> I'm here, but I just want to let you know uh, some things I do for you. You know, um, I fast. You know, um, not only do I fast, you know, I I, I give my uh, my tithes, and uh, I, I'm glad I'm not like this uh, uh, this uh, you know, publican over here. I'm glad that I do all of these things. And the Bible says this man walked out thinking that he'll be justified before God. It was disgusting. Why was it disgusting? Because God was saying, I gave you everything you, 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 you're boasting about. 
even your breath. And you're going to throw that back in my face? You're so glad and you're better than this person? And I love this person just as much? Dare you? And the other guy stands and says, Lord, he smokes his, his chest. And, and you know what? He barely looks up to heaven. He said, Lord, forgive a poor sinner like me. That man went away justified. A broken and contrite spirit, God says, I will not despise. You know why God can't deal with people who are not poor in spirit? They won't listen to you. They're too much of themselves. They love themselves too much. Um, I put this little, just a little jig to my, my thinking here about this little boy in the basket, and this is true. This church was um, taking up offering, and when they were taking up the offering, what happened was, in the course of taking up the offering, um, the pastor was saying, you know, give as the Lord gives to you. Give as the Lord gives to you. And this, this young guy, he had to be about, what, about five or six years old. And he was very poor, very poor. And so what the pastor did was, uh, this is a large church. This is true. He put this basket down. And he wanted these folks to come and do all these things. And, and as folks were dropping in and folks were putting in big money, this little boy came down the aisle. And when he got to the aisle, he got into the basket, and he says, I don't have anything but myself, and I give my all to the Lord this morning. Do you think, do you know it blew the church away, don't you? Blessed are the poor in spirit. The greatest offering was the person who gave from the heart not from the hand. There's another spirit driven by the flesh. False, uh, that's a false self-assessment, flippant, uh, flippant attitude, false assumptions, fatal actions. I mean, each, each time you, you see this going on, when, when a person has this uh, false spirit, it's a person who, um, who is who is not poor in spirit, you see, there's always another spirit. You can always detect it. It's always one who wants to be served or be in control because they think that that's really what life is all about. And God says, no. Jesus came and he, and what he did, he came as a servant, didn't he? And that's what he wants us to have, a servant spirit, a servant spirit. Matthew, blessed are those who mourn. Is the next thing you talk about. For they shall be what? See, remember? Cause and effect. Blessed are those who mourn. For they, sh they shall be confident. At the men's conference, my subject was, it's time to pray for America. And I asked the question to the men. Why should we pray for America? And if we were going to pray for America, who should we pray for first, the government or the church? And I said, the church is sure enough messed up. And what, 
And what you see in Second Chronicles seven fourteen, that my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. You know, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. And no. And he says, he said, what? Then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and then do what? Heal their land. Heal their land. And what's happening in America is that blessed are those who mourn. What's in government right now only reflects the condition of our nation. What they just passed in Canada, and I was trying to get the article, uh, didn't get it fast enough. What they just passed in Canada was concerning adoption. No one can adopt a child if you don't agree with the gay rights agenda. Are you hear what I'm saying? They have set up, they, they, listen, it started in Canada. Do you think it's not going to ease here in America? And one person wrote in the comment, where's the church? Where's the church? Blessed are those who mourn. And come to find out that a church does not have any power if it's not praying. Where's the church? Where's the church? It's signifying a grief manifested too deep for uh, concealment, hence it is often joined uh, with uh, to weep audibly, this is from Vine's notes. I mean, I mean that is so deep. When you mourn, sometimes you just go, mm, it, it hurts so bad. A lot when he was there, Solomon Gomorrah, it vexed his righteous soul. What he saw, what took over, it vexed his righteous soul. The only ones that God, God poured out there was Lot and his family. Blessed are those who mourn. The thing that grieves God hard is a lot of the church is not mourning. It's not mourning. So a lot of the issues that are coming up, um, and there were some articles that I had to go back now and, and look at, uh, there are some things that were revealed at the men's conference that just, how can I put it? If I could cry, I would cry. Um, and I had to kind of um, get my thoughts together as to, okay, here's the information. What do I do with this information? So I said, well, give me the CDs on this. Give me the CDs, and I'll go back and get this information. Because the guy said, here, look at this, look at this. Here is documented, it's documented, it's documented. And I said, boy, what a nation. And you want us to pray for America? They take the personal inventory of themselves very seriously, those who mourn. Do you take a personal inventory of yourself very seriously? When was the last time you took a long look at yourself and say, Lord, not my mother, not my father, but it's me, O oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. 
then they become seriously sensitive to those in the family of God. They grieve with the Father over the loss and the hardness of the hearts in response to his loving grace. They grieve with the world and their sins, but they also grieve with how the church and the, and the members, those who are saved, are so flippant with their time and everything else. And they think that God doesn't care because he doesn't intervene. No, you don't know God's grace. But God chastened those whom he loved. He really does. Blessed are the meek, for they shall what? Inherit the earth. All, notice all these are inward attitudes. When you're meek, <laughs> you inherit the earth. Meekness is the outgrowth of the new nature that we possess in Christ. In other words, if I'm a believer... Meekness should be a part of, of who I am. Well, you know, that's just my personality. Meekness should be a part of who I am. I can't help it. If any man be in Christ, he's a what? New creation. Old things are passed away. Before all things become, okay. Then what happens is the reason that we're not meek because we have not unpackaged what we have. In Christ. That's what it is. I still see when a person is not meek, that means that they inwardly they're still trying to be in control. Stop it. Driven by humility, directed by the submission uh, by submission to God's will, determined by a spiritually mature look at oneself, displayed by the empowerment of godly kindness. I mean, all of these things happen when it says, blessed are the meek. Say, then this is me. This is me driven by humility. And a lot of times, folks take your meekness as weakness. I've learned one thing in my years. Whatever a person think, I let them think, and I don't try to prove it. Because that's their downfall, not mine. What you think of me doesn't change who I am on the inside. Matter of fact, if you keep acting the way you're doing, I'll use your what you think is strength as your own downfall. For instance, um, we have a much, we have a, I, can, I can confess this now, we have a much better board by now. But when we had an older board, um, some of the things that we were doing, every time I said something, they objected. I object, I object, I object, I object. So I said, okay. Um, so I knew that every time that I would say white, they'll say black. If I say green, they'll say yellow. I said, okay, then... What I'll do is I'll say yellow and they'll say green, and green is what I want. <laughs> and so, so I'll start saying, so what I start saying is yellow, green. I said, no, yeah. we, we, we wrote on the line. I said, okay, then. <laughs> you, got, you got what you wanted. Meanwhile, I stayed with the plan as to where we were going as a board. Uh, 
You don't have to lose who you are to do what God wants you to do. Remember what I was saying about peace? Peace keeps you in a mode of being creative. Now, you don't have to be manipulative, but it keeps you in a mode of being creative. So then, again, driven by humility, directed by the submission to God's will, determined by a spiritually mature look at oneself, and displayed by the empowerment of the godly kindness. Matthew 6, and this is our last one. Be very patient. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? Filled. Observation. The hungry, hunger and thirst is described in a deep spiritual need, um, a deep spiritual need that is driven by God to draw us close to him. One of the signs of our drifting from the Lord is that the need is, is uh, that the need is experienced in the order to be filled. Notice this. Matthew uh, 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they should be filled. And here we go. These five things we should experience in the hunger and thirst. One, let's read it. Two, three, four, five, blessed are those who hunger and thirst at the righteousness. You know, when you're hungry, you're hungry. <laughs> and when you're hungry, that's, I mean, it kind of grabs your, your brain, doesn't it? You, you can't think of anything else. You just, uh, it, it's food. Everything starts looking like, uh, like a meal, you know? <laughs> because, because your body says, I'm hungry. And the Lord is saying, I wish that you had that type of hunger toward me. That I become so important that folks don't have to force me for my quiet time and force me to do this and force me in this area. I say this also to our young folks. Take it for years and years and years of seeing my friends, and some of them now are not around, not because of old age. A lot of them died when they were very, very young. Dealing with the teens over the years, I've seen them, many of them die from AIDS, you name it. Many of them with their agendas, and I watched them and they were no more. They had their fling. Oh, they can use the word God, but God was never. They were, it, it was in the head, but not the heart. The heart, it will change you as a person. Oh, it never changed them. They always wanted to blend with the crowd. They always, always driven with their agenda. 
But when God is in control, all of a sudden, there's, there's a song that says, if I can remember some of most of it, it says, dead to every worldly pleasure, dead to sin, to sin that I am, but uh, alive to Christ my Savior. Well, just that verse goes like the song goes like this. Let me see Jesus only. Jesus only, Jesus only. Let me see Jesus only. Only he can satisfy. Emory Avenue Church of God, when Abakar and I were attending there for a while, they, they were seeing that over and over. Let me see Jesus only. Jesus only. And I kept my eye on the pastor. I watched his life. I watched how he touched the individuals' lives. I watched, I watched him as a person. And he never let his position interfere with how he ministered to people. And his messages really drove, home, drove it home. Dr. Marcus Morgan, Emerald Avenue Church of God. When I think about all the things that he did, I think about all the others that have contributed to my life, and I think, what was the key? And I start thinking about Matthew's, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst at the righteousness. Blessed are. And so all I want you to do, we, we went all the way down to verse 6, you know, and we only have a few more to go for next week. The thing is, ask, ask yourself the question, do I hunger and thirst after righteousness? Do I have a poor spirit? Matter of fact, what type of spirit do I have? And as we close this morning, if you say, Lord, I need to make some adjustments in my life right now. Let me tell you, you can because you're part of the kingdom. Those of you who know Christ is your savior. And whatever adjustments you need to make, God knew that. And God's not, again, God's not concerned about a lot of people. He's concerned about one person. One person can make a difference. This morning, I, um, in a, I usually, uh, as far as eating, uh, one of the things, of the vitamins we take is what's called airborne. That has 100 uh, cc's of, uh, uh, of uh, vitamin C. And um, the airborne, you know, it's just a little tablet. Well, nice little tablet. And, um, and what's unique about the tablet is that it, it looks dry and everything else until you take it and you have to take some nice, clear water and then you drop it in. And when you drop it in, just wait. And that water changes. Everything in that water, the properties of that water changes. And everything that that tablet has changes. And it's liquefied in the water. And if anybody drinks of the water, they have 1,000 cc of vitamins. And what happens is, when it says blessed are, he don't want 1,000 people. I, I, I appreciate it. The fact that just, he just need one person. 
dropped in a neighborhood that knows Jesus. You don't need a big crowd walking down the street. Just one person that knows Jesus dropped in a neighborhood that would make a difference. Oh, Donald, that's ridiculous. Oh, I can go on and on and tell you about story after story of this man, this small shop in Australia. All he did was gave tracks. He'd go out of his shop and gave tracks, and he'd, he uh, died thinking that he, was, he did nothing. And then over in China, when they had this massive, this massive meeting, you had literally hundreds and hundreds of folks saying, and how did you come to know the Lord? I said, well, I was vacationing in Australia, and I went past a small shop, and this man jumped out and gave me a track. And I read that track, and I came to know Jesus as my personal Savior. And that man never knew the hundreds of people that he used because he was available to God. My prayer for you this morning. And God says, blessed are. Are you blessed? Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness. And if somehow you have, the, the world have tainted your thinking and slowed you down, it doesn't knock you down and keep you down. Now's the time to just kind of shake it off and keep going. Amen. We're creatures of eternity. I would like to pray for you right now. We do this, that. You was that person. Just simply stand. I want you to pray for me this morning, Don, as we close out this morning. Then my prayer for the whole congregation is, oh, Lord. Thank you for those who you have here this morning. What I did drop is your word. It will do the same thing as that vitamin. It will not come back void. It will accomplish its purpose. Lord, I pray that you will touch the dear hearts. I pray, Lord, that you would change the dear hearts, that you make a difference in their lives. Thank you for what you're going to do. Great is your faithfulness. For in Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said, Amen. Amen.